I'm very excited to continue this series, Save the Date. Uh, like she said, two weeks ago, Nick, uh, I heard, rocked it with a message called The Five-Star Man. And uh, so uh, tonight we're going to flip the script. I know probably two weeks ago, ladies, you were very good at taking notes. Um, guys, not so much. Ladies, you journal, all those other guys, not so much. So I'm sure last two weeks when we were talking five-star man, ladies, you're taking all kinds of notes of, like, the guy you want to look for. And guys are just sitting there like, this is awesome. You know, like, so, guys, tonight... Get your phone out, get something to write with, whatever. I want you taking notes so that you can know what kind of woman to look for. Uh, and ladies, I don't really have to tell you to take notes because I'm sure you're already ready to do that. Uh, but we're going to dive in and talk about what it looks like to, uh, man, find a godly woman. What, it look, what does it look like to become a godly woman? But before we do that, I want to just ask a question. Who here has ever in their life had a crush on someone at some point? And if you don't raise your hands... We just know you're lying. So turn to the person next to you and just tell them who's the first guy or girl you remember having a crush on, like when you were like middle school, elementary school, who, who knows, kindergarten. All right. All right, is everybody, it sounded like everyone remembered, like who their first crush was. So uh, anybody have crushes in like kindergarten or first, second grade, that kind of thing? A bunch of guys. Okay. All right. Last year, my, my oldest daughter, Henley, was in uh, preschool, and a kid gave her a ring and proposed to her. And uh, that kid's not alive anymore. So, no, just kidding. Uh, no, it was, uh, so anyway, I know it starts, starts early. Uh, lots of fun memories to talk back when you think back, like elementary and all that kind of stuff, just kind of how ridiculous that was. But, uh, man, I remember a first, like, a really particular memory I have of my buddy in college. We were freshmen at K-State. Any K-Staters out there? Uh, all right, yep, yep, all right, cool. Uh, man, uh, man, rip uh, Bruce Weber, right? R.I.P. All right, um, I don't know if you guys heard the news. He's no longer the basketball coach there, so um, don't let that distract you tonight, though, because I know we have a really great basketball program. Um, Anyway, so we were at freshman at K-State, and we were checking out some of the on-campus ministries, Christian Challenge, Navigators, Steam, all that. And we're at Navigators one night, and my buddy is like, he just gets this idea in his head that this senior girl who we've known since like high school, uh, she's an older sister of one of our friends, that he's never talked to, never interacted with. He's like, I'm going to ask her out on a date. And I was like, <laughs> you do that, idiot. All right, so like, so he, one night after Navigators, he, he walks over, and I'm just like kind of sitting across the room with a couple of our buddies just like watching, like, how's this going to go? Walks over, and literally like it was very quick, very quick conversation. He walks back over, and I'm like, so how'd it go? And he's like, yeah, she said no. And I was like, no way. Like, uh, no, I can't believe that. Um, but it was just, you know, props to him for going over there as a freshman, thinking that he would stand a chance with this senior girl. And, but, I, you know, like he had, you know, courage, whatever you want to call it, or being stupid. And, uh, but it just, it, when you think about it, you, it kind of makes you wonder, like, what, what made him, like, what, made him think that that was a good idea? Or what made him think like, hey, this really beautiful girl over there that I've never talked to in my life, I want to date her. You know, like outside of just her looks, like what did he have to go, go on? Like first impression, that was it. I mean, how did he know that he's not going to walk over there and, and find out that she's like crazy or something? Or that she has like a really annoying laugh or a problem with gas or just something like just anything. You, you have no idea. You just go off of first impression, all right? So first, but for, and we do that a lot, don't we? 
first impressions are very, very powerful. Who has ever decided that they don't like someone or something after a first impression? Like, come on. You know we all have, right? The first time you went to Taco Bell, like, you just decided you're either in or you're out, right? First impressions, like, I'm going to eat this stuff no matter what it does to me, or this is disgusting, I'm never touching it, right? We do it all the time. We do it with, uh, we do it with sports, Guys, we do it with sports all the time. We see one interview of one major athlete, and we've already decided, like, ah, it doesn't really matter that he got cut from the team. The dude's a huge jerk. It's like, you don't, we don't know him. We've just decided. First, first impressions are very, very powerful. Uh, we, we see uh, any Hallmark Channel movie fans in here? All girls, of course. Um, no, but we see one Hallmark movie, and we're like, man, all Hallmark movies suck which they do, but, just kidding, not really, but that's besides the point. We see one movie, and we've already made up in our minds, like, it's, uh, girls love Hallmark movies because they have the same storyline. I was just talking to Luke about this before this. It's like, girls love, they know what's going to happen. Guys in love, girls moves in from out of town, you know, like, whatever, and they end up together even though they shouldn't, so, um, happy for everybody. All right, so, how many of you guys have ever met someone that you instantly knew? Yeah, we're not going to be friends. Like anybody? Like, come on. It's okay. It's okay. I know we're in a church, but it's okay. We've all done that. How many of you guys have ever met someone where you make that assumption and then you find out later that you were very wrong? Anybody? Right. Okay, if you're not raising your hands, you're that person. So, um, all right. Tonight we are going to talk about uh, just why first impressions, even though they're very, very powerful, how they're not very accurate most of the times. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be a godly woman. And we're actually going to go to Proverbs 31, which everyone's like, oh, I love that passage. But I'm going to prove to you guys tonight that Proverbs 31 is probably the single most, like, unknown, really what does it say passage that we use all the time. Has anybody ever heard the words like Proverbs 31 woman? Like if you listen to Christian radio like K-Love whatever, I don't know, um, they're always like, here's your Proverbs 31 moment, and it's like, here, she's, you know, and they make it sound like she's so sweet and innocent and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to show you tonight that that's not what a godly woman looks like according to Proverbs 31. So, open your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 31, if you have it on your phone, or uh, I'm going to read 31 uh, for us, just verses uh, 10 through the end, and then we're going to go back and kind of dive in and see what it has to say about uh, a, a woman who fears the Lord. So Proverbs chapter 31, starting in verse 10, says this. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is still yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is uh, profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hand to the, dis or to the distaff, and her hand um, holds the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the gates and when he sits among the elders at the land. She uh, makes linen garments and sells them. 
She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and, her, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her out of the fruit of her hands, and let her work praise her in the gates. Would you all pray with me before we jump in? Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for just the ability to be here tonight. God, thanks for, uh, even though we got lots of snow, Lord, the roads were safe enough to be here and we could gather uh, just like we had planned, Lord. So we thank you for that. God, thank you for everyone in this room uh, just making it a priority to be here tonight and uh, listen to what you would have to say from a, uh, to us from your word about what it looks like to be a godly woman, what it looks like to pursue a godly woman. Uh, and God, I pray that you would just have your way with me as I speak, that you would just speak your truth through me. And uh, you would just lead me with your spirit. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So <clears throat> I heard that last, well, I didn't hear, I know, that last time Nick said that the godly man, we referred to him as the five-star man. And as we were thinking of titles for this sermon, I was like, I don't really love the title five-star woman. It has a little different connotation to it. And so we're just going to go with uh, boss girl. All right? So... Five qualities of a godly woman is what we're going to talk about tonight. And, and the reason I chose Boss Girl is, one, because it just sounds cool. And two, I think it really kind of helps us learn that the definition that a lot of us as Christians or that you've heard in church of the Proverbs 31 woman, this, what we're going to talk about tonight kind of just flies right in the face of a lot of the things you've probably heard or thought that this passage was all about. And so I just love this term, like Boss Girl, like because you're large and in charge. And, and you'll see, I think, tonight that God has designed you as women or for us as guys like to, to seek after a woman that has these types of qualities. And so uh, to start us, I uh, wanted to show you this picture. This is my boss girl, um, my wife Katie and our two girls. There's Henley on the right and Harper on the left. Um, word of advice, don't give your kids names that start with the same letter. Um, that was a mistake. But I love them dearly. Uh, but yeah, that's my boss girl. Guys, uh, even though I'm a pastor, back off. I'm not afraid to go to prison. Um, so, um, yes, I am. But okay. So, <laughs> I don't want to go. All right. But anyway, this is my wife, Katie. And I wanted to, uh, man, first of all, uh, we, we met at K State. Um, and yeah, woohoo, go, go, cats. Yeah. Um, so we met at K-State, and uh, at the time when we met, she had a boyfriend, and I was, like, very new to my faith, and we just became friends, and after a while, she realized that I was way better than her boyfriend, and so she dumped him and, and asked me to marry her. No, I'm just kidding. But we did date, and then we got married right after college, and uh, Henley is six, Harper is four, and so uh, we are just in the throes of, like, you know, just being a family, and it's amazing. And, and tonight, I'm going to be talking about my wife throughout um, this talk. Not because, like, well, one, because I can, and I like to brag about my wife, because let's just face it, she's way better than me. And two, I just want, sometimes it helps to have just some real life examples of what it looks like to be a godly woman. Like, what does that look like practically in your life as a woman? And guys, what should we be shooting for? What should we be aiming for? What should, kind of qualities are we looking in a woman? And so there's going to be some stories I'll share, some, some qualities that, I, that I'll pull out of this passage that my wife has. Uh, but I just think it's very, very helpful. And so uh, the first thing a godly woman is, there's five things we're going to go over tonight. The first one is a godly woman is trustworthy. 
A godly woman is trustworthy. And this comes straight out of verse 11 when it says, Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. We could end it right there. If you ever wanted to know why you should have a godly wife, like who does not want a wife like that? That you can have full confidence in your wife and lack nothing of value. She is trustworthy. So this is something, you know, like it sounds amazing. Why is it something that we should want in a, in a woman, guys? Like why should we want and desire a wife that is trustworthy? Women, why should you want to be a woman that is trustworthy, a wife someday that is trustworthy? Uh, my question is this. Have you ever dated someone that's not trustworthy? I have. And it stinks. <laughs> like, right? Like as a guy, um, and I've struggled with self-confidence like my whole life. But as a guy in that relationship, you're just always wondering, like, okay, who's she going to dump me for? Is she going to cheat on me? Like, all this kind of stuff growing up in high school. You just have all this drama, right? You don't want to be, it's just miserable to be in a relationship with someone that you can't trust, right? Someone that takes the things that you share with them, that you're, like, kind of entrusting to them and just broadcasts it to the world like it was just theirs to tell. And so it's just not good to be in a relationship with someone that isn't trustworthy. But a godly woman, a trustworthy woman, and she gives you no reason to be jealous, no reason to not trust her. She gives you no reason to fear that she would abandon you for the next best thing, the next guy that comes along and shows her attention. She's true to her word. Right? A trustworthy, a godly woman is true to her word. If she tells you she's going to do something, she's going to do it. She's going she's gonna to be true to her word. And you can just, it's just easy to depend on her. Right? And it doesn't take the intimate things, the intimate stories of your life or the things that you talk about uh, just between the two of you and doesn't just broadcast it to the world. She doesn't go and tell all of her friends. She doesn't post it on Instagram or, or Snapchat someone and, and, and tell them your secrets. It's, she's very trustworthy, very dependable. And this is, man, I'm so, I'm so happy that you know, I married a woman like that, that my wife is so trustworthy. She is a woman of integrity. She is a woman that is dependable um, unless it comes to remembering to buy groceries at Target because when she goes to get something I've told her to get, she doesn't do so well with that. But she does protect our marriage very well, and she gives me no reason to doubt her, to doubt her love for our family, to doubt her love for Jesus, to doubt that she would, you know, just kind of off and run off with another guy because she knows how God has designed marriage, that he has given us to each other like that, and she's just very trustworthy. Um, and she also talks or uh, guards the thing that I say when we talk very well. I am an outward processor. Anybody else an outward processor where you just like have to talk it out before you can do Yes. So I talk a lot, and she is a very good listener, and I never once have I ever ever, ever, ever heard of her going to someone else and telling them about anything we've talked about. She's just very confidential, very trustworthy and that. And so I would, I would encourage guys, man, look for a woman that is trustworthy. Women, become a woman that is trustworthy. And, and, and tonight I want to, I want to, oops, sorry. Um, I also don't want to just tell you why you should be trustworthy or why you should be humble or have humility, all these kind of things. I also want to tell you what does that look like? How can you tell if someone, if a woman has that in her life. And so how can you tell that uh, if she is trustworthy? Um, she makes promises and plans and she keeps them, right? She, she's not going to be the one that, uh, that has a reputation of bailing on people, 
We all know that person, right? Like they wait till the last second. If they find something else better to do, they bail. Or they're like, ah, something came up. I can't make coffee, can't make dinner, can't come over and hang out. Uh, they don't have a reputation to that. They, they keep their word. They, they schedule things and they value people. Uh, she values people. And she doesn't gossip about people. She's not headed to Chick-fil-A after this. And she's going to tell you all the deepest, darkest things that the guy that tried to hit on her after this, you know, told her. And so just very trustworthy. She's not gossip about people. The next one is, a godly woman is hardworking. Now, this one was something that, it, like, honestly, when you read through this passage and you actually study it, it is something that a lot of people do not talk about when they talk about a Proverbs 31 woman. But the, this t- thought of a Proverbs 31 woman being a hard worker comes up. 10 times, 10 times in just like 15 to 20 verses. 10 times does he talk about how they have, she has a good work ethic. I'm oh, sorry, that's get ahead of myself. Good work, work ethic, good, uh, she's a hard worker. She, she, you know, like reaps the fruit of her labor and she doesn't have, eat the bread of idleness. 10 times does it talk about that. And so, uh, man, I'm, I brought a few pictures because I like, like I said, like to brag on my wife. Uh, she started her own business about two or three years ago called Cookie Art KC. And uh, these are some examples of things that she does on a cookie. I don't know how you do that with icing. Um, she just sits there and squeezes it out and makes all these designs. And then people pay like through the roof for cookies. Johnson County is a great place to do if you want to be a cookie salesman. Like, <laughs> you do not want to know the amount of money that a mom will spend on her one-year-old for their birthday party. It is insane. But hey, you know what? I'll take advantage. All right. So she, she's just hardworking, but the thing I love most is that she does this all on her own. She started the business. She designed the logo. She handles the financials. She, she handles her, uh, man, her social media and, and everything. She networks, and she gets clients, and she, she just does all of this. She comes up with the designs on her own and makes all the cookies and the icing and everything on her own, and she just goes and gets it and makes money, and then she can use that money to go and bless our family or bless other people. She's just very, very hardworking. And in Proverbs 31, these are the 10 verses that in this chapter that talk about the value of having a wife that's hardworking, that isn't idle, that isn't lazy, all these things. It's very essential to a woman that is a godly woman. She's hardworking. And I think that a lot of times when we talk about or you hear about or you think about like a godly woman, I, I think like we get this picture in our mind of someone that's uh, quiet, unassuming, like just very, you know, kind of reserved, a godly woman doesn't need to say a lot, like she's elegant, you know, it says she clothes herself, right, with righteousness, all these things, and we get this picture of like just this dainty, like just very peaceable person, and that is not the picture that the author of Proverbs is painting for us. He's painting a picture of a woman that is literally like working really hard, that's out there hustling, making sales and all these kind of things. She's making things with her hands. She's going to the marketplace and selling them. She's bringing in money and and food and supplies for her family. She's feeding the poor. She's doing all these kind of things. She is out there working very, very hard. And I'm not saying that if you want to be a godly woman, you have to own your own business or that you have to make things with your hands. My point is, and the author's point is that This woman, a godly woman, that we should be seeking after, guys, and and women, you should be trying to be is a hard worker. Whatever you put your hand to, do it with excellence. She's a hard worker. And so, uh, why should we want a hardworking woman? Well, I'll just tell you straight up, being married and having kids is not easy. Okay, so if you are 
you are married or you're looking to get married and having kids, starting a family, it is very hard. Like, I daily am amazed by my wife's, like, endurance, her, just her ability to with, like, just kind of withstand, like, everything that comes at you with having a four-year-old that likes to climb on things and throw things and stick her finger in places she doesn't need to stick her finger in and all that kind of stuff, and a six-year-old that likes to argue about everything. Um, And, uh, like, it's just, it's exhausting. And so you want to have a hardworking wife because you know that, man, you have a partner, in life that's not going to just sit around drinking wine and ordering things on Amazon, and that's all she does. Like, you want someone that's working hard and is going to be dependable, someone that's trustworthy. Remember what he said in that first verse, that he lacks no good thing, that he has full confidence in her. You want a hard-working wife. And so another reason you want a hard-working wife is because man, if she's not, she's, if she's lazy, if you're a lazy person, lazy people can be very frustrating, can I get an amen, right? Thank you. <laughs> lazy people can be, <laughs> someone knows someone that's lazy, and he's getting yelled at later tonight. No, I'm just kidding. So, uh, no, lazy people can be very frustrating. And I'm not talking about lazy as in, like, they need a nap every now and then, or they like to binge watch Ozark on Netflix, or whatever it may be. I'm talking about someone that's, like, they don't have any motivation to go get a job. They still live with their parents. Their dad still pays their cell phone bill and their credit card bill and all these kind of things. I know some people I'm plucking at some very heartstrings right now. But this is what it looks like to be hardworking, independent, and, and be, man, just a hardworking woman. And so that's why I believe this verse is really where this whole term of boss girl comes from. Like, hardworking and independent um, and, and you have full confidence in her. And so how can you tell if, if she is hardworking? One is, we're, we're young adults. You guys are young adults. I'm old now. But one is, she has a job. Like, if she's not staying, if you're married and she's not staying at home, like, which is the hardest job of all, um, she, she has a job. And not only does she have a job, but she takes very much, pr- like, a lot of pride in do, being good at what she does. She wants to be dependable. She wants to be trustworthy. She wants to be something that adds value to those that she's around. Like she wants to be good at what she does. And she's also independent, right? Again, I'll say it. She pays her own bills. She's not living at home. Like she has her own insurance, her own phone bill, her own everything. Like she's something that she's just very hardworking and, and independent. And so we want to have a hardworking woman. You want to be a hardworking woman because that is just, a, that's what we picture of a godly woman we see in this passage. Uh, the next one, compassionate. A godly woman is compassionate. This comes from verse 20 when it says, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. And so why should we want a compassionate woman? Why would you want to be a compassionate woman? Guys, I'll tell you, you should want a compassionate woman because it means that when you have, she'll have a tender heart, which means that when your heart is aching, her heart tends to ache. When you heart, when your heart is celebrating something, she is right there celebrating with you. When your heart is tired, her heart is right there to console you and, and she just, she knows, you know, almost ahead of time, like what you need and how to love on you well. It also means that people like being around you, which is not a bad thing. Um, my wife is the reason right now that we have so many good relationships with our neighbors and with other, you know, kids, parents in their classroom. Like, my wife and our and my two girls are literally at a neighbor's house having dinner tonight. And I'm bummed that I couldn't be with them. But I just, that was all her. Like, they didn't call and be like, hey, we really think your husband's awesome. Would you want to come over? It's like, 
you guys are great. Your wife is awesome. We'll let you come too, you know? And so, like, it's just she is the reason that we have so many dinners with people, how many, so many bonfires. Like, we have neighbors that come over and like to just sit and talk, and she's the reason. Like, she just is so compassionate. She loves people so well, and she loves to just serve people. We have kids over to our house that we babysit for our neighbors because they're out and about. Just they trust us with their kids, which when you have kids, you'll realize how big of a deal that is. But she is just such a servant. And I think kind of the way that it's all summed up for me, uh, here's an example of, uh, of what it looks like to be a compassionate woman. We were at my oldest daughter's last basketball game last week, which if you've never watched six-year-olds play basketball, it's, it's, it takes a lot of patience. Um, so, but they're at their basketball game, and there's this little girl named Izzy on the team. And Izzy is not the most popular. She's not the most athletic. She's not the, the biggest. She's not the fastest. She's not the best at basketball. Like, she's, she's there, and she's trying very hard. And she's probably not the girl that everyone is, like, the first one they want to be friends with. But for whatever reason, my wife sees this, and she takes compassion. She has compassion for her, and she starts to talk to her at practice. Starts to talk to her while she's sitting on the bench at games. So all of a sudden, this last game comes, and literally the entire game, like Izzy doesn't even want to go into the game to play. She just wants to sit next to my wife and talk to her. And at the end of the game, she turns to my wife, she's like, hey, do you know why I've been asking you so many questions? Like, why we've been talking this whole time? My wife's like, no, why? She's like, because I really like you. Like, that is the kind of woman that you want as a wife. You want a woman that loves people well, that sees the need. She sees someone that's hurting or, or just needs someone to talk to. And, and she goes out of her way to love, love them. So how can you tell if, if this woman is compassionate? Like I said, if, if they're hurting, she sees it. She notices it. You go, to, you go to Chick-fil-A tonight and there's someone that doesn't know anyone sitting by themselves. She's the first one to go over and, and, and invite them over to sit with you or just go over and talk to them. And, and make a new friend or make them feel welcomed. Um, when you're hanging out during the week or on the weekends with friend groups, she's probably the one that's usually bringing along people that need somewhere to belong, that she wants to be friends and, and kind of enfold them into your friend group. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's also obvious, if she's a compassionate woman, that she cares far more about people than she does about things. Far more about people than she does about things. And lastly, if she's compassionate, she thinks about other people more than she thinks about herself. She's going to go out of her way to serve other people, to cook a meal for someone when they're sick, or to help them out when they need, uh, you know, a jump start with their car, or, or the, need them to run them on an errand because their car broke down or whatever, to open their doors, her doors to people when they need a safe place to be or someone to talk to. 3 a.m., she gets calls from people because they just need someone they can trust to talk to, and she picks up. This is the kind of woman that you will see when you're looking for a compassionate woman. The next one is uh, number four, the, the godly woman is secure. And this comes out of verse 25. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. So why should we want a secure woman? Uh, guys, I'm just going to have a little fun with you, but also be very truthful, because we suck. And so you want, <laughs> you want a secure woman. And the reason I say that we suck is not be, to make fun of us, but we as men and women, we are going to hurt one another, okay? So if you go to date and get engaged and hopefully get married, start a family, 
There's going to be plenty of times where you frustrate each other, where you piss each other off and you make each other mad and you hurt each other's feelings and you fail. You don't live up to what maybe you said you would do or you don't, you know, like you don't keep a promise or you, you forget to do something. And in those moments, if you have a woman that is secure, she's going to be a lot more gentle with you. Why? Because she didn't come into this relationship expecting you to be perfect. See, we get in a lot of trouble when us as guys find a girl or us as guys are that person that we are looking for someone to fulfill every deepest need and desire that we have. And what I mean by the godly one is secure is that she is totally secure and totally content in her relationship with God. That she's already found the perfect person in Jesus Christ, and she doesn't need some of those things that you honestly will not be able to fulfill for her. And so when she doesn't look to you for that, man, she can be so much more gentle. She can be so much more gracious with you, and she has to be, but she has to be secure in her walk with God. And uh, also, why we would want someone that is secure We should always be seeking as guys to cherish those that we love, cherish our wife, you know, someday when you get married. But if you find someone that has trouble being secure in their walk with God and looking for you for everything and constantly seeking validation, constantly seeking affirmation from anyone that will give it, that's trouble. That is trouble. You do not want to be that kind of person. You do not want to date that kind of person. And a secure woman doesn't freak out when hard times in life come. I love what it says that she can laugh at the days ahead because she is secure. She trusts in God. She knows she has all she needs in Christ. And so how can you tell if she is secure? I'll give you three things, very practical things. She isn't constantly posting pictures of herself on social media looking for validation and affirmation. I know that hurts. But portraying a false narrative of herself that, Girls don't just do this. Guys do this all the time, too. We portray a false narrative of ourselves online because we want people to think certain things about us. But I'm telling you, a, a godly woman does not do that because she doesn't need affirmation. She doesn't need validation from everyone else. She's gotten that in her life from God, from other go- godly women or uh, uh, godly friends in her life. And so she's not always doing that. Uh, she doesn't go back on her convictions in order to impress others or win their affection. She's strong in her convictions, strong in what she, her morals, her values. And lastly, her love for Christ is not something that she keeps to herself, something she brings up constantly in conversation with other believers, with people that don't believe in Jesus. It's just something she can't keep to herself because she's finally found someone that she is completely content in. And the last one, a godly woman is wise. Verse 26 says, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. And we would want a wise woman, you would want to become a wise woman because that means she's thoughtful, she's intentional, right? She, if she's wise and she really values wisdom, it means that she highly values God's word, right? If you meet a woman that's very wise and, and very, like, man, she's just very Christ-like, you know that she values God's word because we're not wise on our own. She had to get it somewhere. She got it from God. She values God's word. And she also values gaining wisdom from others. That's a big one to me is, man, my wife always, she just loves getting wisdom from other godly women, maybe women that are a little bit older, a little wiser from her. 
And so how can you tell if a woman is wise? Well, first of all, she seeks wisdom and advice from more mature Christian women in her life. She doesn't act like she has it all together. She doesn't just try to do it all on her own, thinks that she's prideful and has all the answers. She's actively seeking advice from more mature Christian women on a regular basis. And she also isn't always first to speak. I love, I love this. Uh, you guys know the guy, uh, Simon Sinek? You ever heard of him or Sinek, whatever his name is? He's like a, a guru on like healthy workplaces and, and a guru on like Gen Z and millennials and how we're changing the atmosphere of the workplace. And uh, he said, I love what he said one time, is that if you really, really are a smart person, you're never going to be the first one to speak in a room. Because if you're the first one to speak, that means that you think you have the best ideas, that you always have the answers. But a smart person, a wise person always sits back and lets themselves have the benefit of hearing other people speak before they make up their mind about something. And I believe that a godly woman is the same way. A godly man would be the same way. That when she speaks, she speaks with wisdom. And she doesn't always have to be the first one to be heard. Because she's confident. She's wise. She's faithful. She is also very intentional with what she speaks. And lastly, other women come to her when they need advice or wisdom about their own lives. Okay, and so we have these five things would be the five that I would say. They're not the only five things, but I'm telling you what, you you will never know your spouse, your your wife or your husband completely, ever. There's always going to be things that surprise you about them, even to the day you're old and gray and you die. There's going to be things, <laughs> sorry, that was morbid. Uh, but anyway, so there's always going to be things that you don't know, things that surprise you. You'll never know them fully. However, I would encourage all of you, you should know these five things. Before you date someone, before you go after them, you should know these five things. And, and women, I would say you should want to be these five things. You should be striving for these five things. It's not that we're aiming for perfection, right? Like Nick said, it, we're direction is what we're shooting for. We're, you know, trending in the right direction. We are aiming for Christ. We're not perfect. But if you see someone that you're interested in, but they're not growing in these five areas, I would halt. Like, I would kind of put the brakes on and be like, ah, maybe this is not the right time. And on top of that, I would say, you need to be trending in the right direction, right? Like, I love, I love the idea of if you want to date a king, you need to be a queen. If you want to date a queen, you need to be a king. Like, don't expect them to be something you're not willing to be. Because that's not fair, and it's not going to end well. And so my challenge for you guys tonight, when we leave this place, you guys go and you uh, fall in love and write your own story. Uh, Guys, your challenge is this. Start becoming the five-star man. That's your first challenge. Don't start looking for a godly woman until you're well on your way to becoming a five-star man. Okay, a godly man. Then once you're on your way to doing that, then start looking for a godly woman. A lot of times, God just kind of, boop, just plops them in your uh, life at the right time. Uh, because you're concentrated on being content in God. And the next one, girls challenge, start becoming a godly woman, that boss girl, right? So start becoming the godly woman, and then once you're well on your way and you're, you're really trending in that right direction, not perfection, just direction, look for that five-star man. And here's the deal. I really, really believe this with all my heart. Do not settle, okay? Do not settle. Don't say, well, these are the five things that are supposed to be true about this guy or this girl, but, you know, like, they're not there yet. But I, I bet once we start dating and we go to church, like, they'll get, nope, not going to happen. You're not going to change them. Like, you need to make sure you're doing it and they are doing it. And that you, then you will be most fulfilled. There's married couples in here. I'm looking at a few of them. Right back there. I have uh, Luke. I don't know if Luke and Bailey are here, wherever. There's married couples here. 
look to them. They're, they're awesome couples, wise couples. They did it right. Like, look for them for guidance. But I'm telling you, do not just settle. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I, uh, I thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you um, for just the way that you, you love us. And God, I also thank you for how you, uh, how God, you've laid out in scripture how we can be a godly woman, how we can be a godly man, who we should aim for, Lord, that, that Lord, we, we, you've placed people in our lives to help, uh, man, to help strengthen us and sharpen us in our walks. Um, and so, God, we just, we thank you so much. And, uh, God, we, uh, we look to you for that. And we, I just ask for everyone in this room that, man, they would be, they would be uh, convicted, not convicted, but convinced that, man, your plans are best. That your ways are best, Lord. That when it comes to relationships and, and dating and sex and marriage and everything, Lord, that you have given us what is best, what is most fulfilling, what is going to be the most adventurous, Lord. And uh, if we just do things according to your word, your ways, Lord, we'll be able to reap the benefits of that. And so, God, I pray that you would help us as guys to be that five-star guy, to be looking to grow in our walks with you and, and to be a man that is worthy of, uh, of, uh, of a godly woman. And as women, Lord, would you help them to, to want to be that godly woman, um, Lord, so that when you place that godly man in their lives, Lord, that they're both trending in the right direction and continue to grow together and glorify you in their marriage and uh, in their family life. And so, Lord, as we continue tonight um, in worship, I pray that you would, man, just be honored and glorified uh, by what we have to offer you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.